The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Six, four, Welcome to another episode of the 643 Podcast. I am your host, Dylan Short, brought to you by 680 The Fan and the Dickey Broadcasting Corporation, bringing you everything you need to know for your Braves teams as we are now nine short days away from opening day. And good God almighty, I cannot wait. The Braves have had a really, really good spring for what that's worth, which, you know, not really worth much in the grand scheme of what you're going to do during the season, but it's always better to win than to lose. Uh, and the Braves have been doing well with a, not just their starting lineup, but with a lot of their younger players who are looking to make a mark on this team. It's been a very, very different sort of spring training from some of the other ones that we're used to, as it looks like depth might not be as big of an issue for this team as it is for some of the other ones. Now that we're only nine days away, we're, we're seeing the roster trimmed all the way down. I believe there's 42 players in camp at this moment. Uh, which means the Braves are are pretty much right on par with what they're going to be. Uh, I think they're still kicking around expanded rosters for April. If they do, it'll probably be jumped from 26 to 28, which would be good news for some of these young players who are looking to kind of show out a little bit, even if there wasn't a dedicated spot for them. Um, should be a, a nice little start to the year if you can get to that 28-man roster. We don't know exactly what the pitching rotation is going to be. The only thing that we do know is that Waskar Anoa and Kyle Wright have shaped up to be the four and the five, respectively. Um, we don't know who the opening day starter is, but I'm going to bet it's Charlie Morton. I think uh, I think unless Tucker Davidson somehow steals that fifth starter role from Kyle Wright, which at this point is probably a little bit late in the season, in the spring for that to happen, I think you'll see Charlie Morton start opening day. You'll see Max go two. You'll see Ian three. Uh, Waskar four and Kyle Wright five. Now they're gonna there's going to need to be either a a sixth starter early on or a dedicated bullpen game outside of the the five starting pitchers. So I think that it's very possible you'll see a guy like Tucker Davidson uh, start in AAA this year, get one of the first starts in AAA, and then come back up in time uh, for what for a, a sixth for a for a start in the early going. As the Braves have a ton of games early on this year. Uh, before they have a day off. They don't really have the luxury that they usually do, which is to not even use a fifth starter for a while. They start with games 4-7, 4-8, 4-9, 4-10, 4-11, 4-12, 4-13, 4-14. They have a, a long, long list of days off. They don't have a day off until the 21st, coincidentally my mother's birthday, uh, as we go through a, a really long stretch to start the year, which is good for the fans. Um, 
might be fairly tough for the players. It's a lot of games consecutively, uh, but it starts out well as the Braves get to start off at home for the first time in what feels like a decade and a half. I can't remember the last time the Braves actually started in Atlanta. Is you'll start off with a four-game set with the Reds, a uh, three-game set with the Nationals. Then you're going to go on a West Coast trip and take four with the Padres and three with the Dodgers before getting your first day off before welcoming the Marlins to Atlanta. Uh, and this is a, a good little punch to start the year. The Reds and the Nationals aren't good teams. The Padres, not really sure what they're going to be. They were good last year. They have some good pieces. They're kind of getting lost in that NL West now that the Giants did what they did a season ago and the Dodgers being the Dodgers. But you do get to see Freddie Freeman very, very early this year as uh, you get him in April. And that is going to be, um, at least for me uh, anyway, that is going to be a, a really tough, <laughs> a really tough first at bat when I see him in those Dodger Blues. I'm um, not looking forward to that, but I'm very, I've said it a million times, I'm very happy with uh, what the Braves have at first base now with Matt Olson and how the team is looking. Uh, I've said before on this show that I think that this Braves team is, is considerably better than the team that won the World Series. I think that this is a team that, rather than being kind of a surprise after Ronald Acuna went down, I think this is a team that you kind of expect to go really deep. Buster Olney projecting it to be the Braves and the Blue Jays in the World Series. I don't know that I'm ready to buy in on the Blue Jays, all in like that. I'm certainly ready to buy in on the Braves, obviously. Um, Blue Jays are very interesting, though, so that would be a fun matchup. I don't, To be honest, I don't really care who the matchup is. I'm at a point in my Braves fandom here with the roster that we have in front of us here where I legitimately am like, throw whatever team you want. I think the Braves are going to be better than them. I think uh, there's not really... If you want to nitpick and say an area of weakness, it's the four and five starter. I'm a big believer in Waskar Noah, but if you're talking about your unknowns, it'd be Waskar Noah and Kyle Wright. Once you get to the postseason, four and five, not really all that important. Alex has done an amazing job building this team uh, to play for the playoffs. This is a playoff roster that is also going to win 90-plus games in the regular season. I do not expect them to have the same struggles with 500 that they had a season ago. I think the Braves take off very early, and starting off against Cincinnati is the right time to do that. And when you get to start off with Charlie Morton, that, that's a, a really good opening day starter. Uh, I'm not sure where I would rank Charlie in terms of starting pitchers in the league. There's some really, really good ones. But there's not many guys that you would take over Charlie Morton. And I'll say that. Even if even Charlie being 38, he still has all the premium velocity. His movement is still incredible. He still goes out there and looks like he has ever since he went to Houston and really started picking it up. Um, the Braves' starting rotation isn't as flashy name-wise as some of the others in the division. Um, they're, they're deeper than anybody except for the Mets. And even the Mets, outside of being the Mets, so you know that it's, you know, people are getting injured. DeGrom's, unfortunately for Jacob DeGrom, uh, he's he's going to get hurt at some point. I would I would probably hang a guess. If you're going to tell me an over under 15 starts for Jacob DeGrom, I'd probably say that's a push. Um, Max Scherzer dealing with the dead arm last year. Scherzer's a great pitcher. Um, he still is a great pitcher. I mean, all you have to do is look at his numbers with, with L.A. last year. I'm not worried about Scherzer at all. The Braves have faced Max Scherzer more than just about any team in baseball. They know what Max Scherzer's throwing. And they saw Scherzer as he was younger. So for them, this is actually a Scherzer who is kind of declining a little bit. The Braves, uh, I'm not too worried. I, I don't think the Braves are worried about Max Scherzer. All he did is change jerseys. They're still going to face him. They're in more of a pitcher's park this year when they're playing in New York. Um, but it's a worse defense behind them. And, and while their lineup has some nice pieces, they had a really good quiet. The names that they got weren't weren't superstar names outside of Max Scherzer, but they did a really good job with the players that they added. I'm actually very impressed with Steve Cohen and the Mets. I thought Steve was just going to be a guy throwing crazy money at, ever, at whatever the highest name was and trying to turn the Mets into the Yankees. Uh, but that, that's a, a really good offseason that they had. I just don't think it's enough. The Braves are just better. 
Uh, Braves have the best defense in the division, bar none, easily. Uh, they have the best infield in the division, easily. Uh, outfield, once Ronald Acuna comes back, mm, I would probably say offensively, Philadelphia has the best uh, uh, the best outfield pretty pretty far and away, running away with it. They're not going to be able to catch a single ball. And if you're the Phillies and you're a Phillies fan, I'm sorry, because this is another year of where if you get to 84 wins, you're lucky, because that's still the worst bullpen in baseball. Uh, didn't really add anything to the starting rotation. Uh, and I, I think Aaron Nola has a lot to prove this year to show that he wasn't uh, that he's not on a quick downhill slope. But for the Braves, just keep doing what you're doing. Uh, I mean, you're, you're talking about going – Charlie, any any number of way of, of Morton, Freed, Anderson, and Noah, and Kyle Wright. And in that first three, I think the Braves starting rotation can hang with anybody. They're not as flashy, probably not as overpowering as some of these other ones. Uh, but certainly those are guys that, that know how to do their job, have ridiculous off-speed pitches, make it really tough for hitters in the box, and, and, and challenge you every at-bat. So uh, looking forward to seeing that. One of the other things I really like seeing is what we saw yesterday. William Contreras getting work in the outfield. This is something that they toyed around with the idea in the pandemic short in 2020. They were giving him, and even last year, they were giving him uh, a couple of reps, uh, at least in, in camp, not during any of the actual games, but during the practice sessions, they were getting him work in the outfield. And I think that is brilliant. William Contreras can can hit. He can swing the bat. Um, he's not the best catcher in the league, but I do think that he has a future at, at catcher. But if you're talking about right now, the Braves are looking to be able to win games. And how do you win games? By having the best players on the roster. And when you talk about having expanded rosters for April, and Ronald Acuna is going to miss at least a couple weeks. I think he's going to come back sooner than the Braves are saying. I think they're just kind of being overly cautious with him, with good reason, with him being, you know, Ronald Acuna Jr. But if you wanted to get William Contreras outfield work early, there's no better time than early on this season where Ronald's not going to be playing. He's going to miss at least a few weeks. And he's probably not going to play the outfield until the start of May. So you got about a month stretch there to try to, to, to fill out left field. Um, Marcelo Zuna, you'd, you would rather, you would completely rather keep him as DH. You don't want him in the field if you can help it. Uh, Alex, Alex Dickerson, who we're going to talk about in a little bit here, right after William Contreras. Alex Dickerson is a guy that I think is going to feature prominently, at least early on for this team, particularly against righties. Um, William Contreras... They're not gonna, I don't think they're going to face a ton of left-handed pitchers early on, but William Contreras is a bat that I want in that lineup. And yeah, you can say you know you want him getting every day at-bats uh, and, and every day behind the plate, but you know what? Early on, at least, while Acuna's out, you can have him split time in left field and catcher, being Travis Darno's backup. Um, you can put him in there against lefties. You can kind of work some ways around for him to get two to three starts a week, and it's not the most time. But it's not going to hurt his development any. In fact, it might actually help a little bit. Let him get some reps in the outfield. He's not going to be any worse than Marcelo Zuna. Uh, I kind of wish that we'd seen him get some more than routine plays yesterday, but Charlie Morton was looking like Charlie Morton. So, uh, <laughs> no, it doesn't, uh, doesn't lend you much time for, for working out uh, hard. Uh, or not yesterday. I'm sorry. That was on, uh, on um, Sunday. Yesterday was Spencer Strider, who we're also going to talk about today. Um, as you guys can tell from my last show, I'm, I'm a big fan of Spencer Strider. But getting Contreras to be able to play in a corner outfield with his arm and his athletic ability would be nothing but good things. If you have a guy that can rotate between catcher and the corner outfield spots, you can find a way to get Contreras consistent at-bats. Three starts a week would be phenomenal for a, a young guy like him. Um, and then once Ronald is back and ready to go, then you can send him down to be the full-time catcher at AAA. Because uh, Manny Pena is a very good backup catcher. I have no, I have no, nothing, nothing but good things to say about Manny Pena. Um, but, but utilize William Contreras when you see an opportunity for, for uh, improved development opportunities, take it. 
it's not going to hurt him any to, to miss one month of the minor league season, not even a full month. He'll go right back to doing what he was doing before. And if, if you are really considering having him play corner outfield, now it's time to do it. But speaking of that corner outfield, one guy that's been kind of the understated addition, uh, and I guess technically hasn't technically made the roster yet, but he's making the roster, is Alex Dickerson, a guy they sign very cheaply on a non-guaranteed deal. Uh, I think Alex Dickerson is going to play a way bigger role this year than, than maybe some Braves fans are expecting. Dickerson is a guy that you have probably never heard of, aside from when you listened on this show and aside from reading the report that the Braves signed him. He, Dickerson is a guy that can hit right-handed pitching extremely well. He's a career 810 OPS guy that's good power, that's really good. Uh, 115 WRC+, and that's actually including a, a down year last year where it was like 92. Um, but 2019, 2020, uh, 2020 was a really good bat against right-handed pitching, has good power numbers. Um, he's a little bit like Matt Joyce. Younger Matt Joyce, probably a little bit more power than Matt Joyce, but that type of player where he's going to absolutely rake against righties. Not the best defender in the world, but he can play either corner spot uh, and he's not going to kill you out there. He's a guy that I think is going to feature prominently early. And then once Acuna's back, I don't know what will happen with Dickerson. But at least early on, I think he's going to get the bulk of the starts uh, in in left field against right-handed pitching, which in the NL East is most of it. Uh, you can kind of mess around with him. And even if he's not hitting for, you know, if he's not getting on base via base hits or anything like that, takes a lot of walks, like I said, like Matt Joyce. Think think Joyce. Uh, think of Think a younger Matt Joyce when you look at Alex Dickerson. I think that's a very important type of player to have. I think that's phenomenal depth. We saw what Matt Joyce did for us when he was with the Braves and what he did for us when he was with the Marlins and the Phillies when he you know, was the, the secret agent and kind of inside man and trying to tank them a little bit. Um, good. I'm expecting good things from Alex Dickerson, even if they're not going to be over the top. Uh, I think you'll see him do some really, really good things, and the Braves fans will be very happy that they did sign him. Uh, and on the pitching rotation side of things, one of the things that was interesting uh, and what's been interesting all spring is how much they've really been trying to get Spencer Strider some work. Um, they did say, or Snit said yesterday, as you can kind of hear my phone going off here, uh, Snit said that he was trying to get Spencer Strider three innings of work. He did come in in the ninth inning on Sunday and, and threw about an inning there. He went two and a third yesterday, uh, pitched very, very well. And not just in the normal Spencer Strider way where he's throwing fastballs 97 to 100 and blowing it by hitters. We saw that. Uh, including off topic here, but is there any better visual in baseball other than like Jorge Soler's gargantuan home run to, to in the World Series? But is there any better visual for a pitcher than when you throw it so hard, you just see that puff of, of dirt coming off when it hits the catcher's mitt? That, that, I love watching that. It's one of my favorite things to see. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Camp Margaritaville RV Resort, where you can just breathe in and breathe out. <sighs> or move. There's biking, boating, arcade games, hiking, nearby golfing. Or fly through the new Fins Up Water Park. Thrills, chills, twists, and turns. This could be you. Camp Margaritaville at Lanier Islands. An easy one-hour drive from Atlanta. Book your stay today at Camp Margaritaville Lanier Islands.com. 
But for Strider, it's not just the 100-mile-an-hour fastball. It's it's the the command, uh, as he did have two walks yesterday, I believe. But some of those uh, some of those should have one of those for sure should have been a strikeout. Ended up a walk. Uh, umpire was given a little bit of help on check swings, um, and the, but that's really the one thing that when you have high velo guys like Strider, who who has not been a pro very long, it's more about once you get the command dialed in, then you're looking ready to go. A more important question in terms of how is he going to be as a starter is his secondaries. How do they look? How are their shapes? How are the movement? Are they swing and miss type of pitches to get hitters off of that fastball? And what you saw yesterday is that, yes, they very much are. That slider has two different shapes to it. Like I've said before, he modeled it after Luke Jackson. So he has the more sweeping horizontal break variety. It always has two-plane action, which means there's always a vertical drop along with that horizontal movement too. Um but he also can put one more of like a curveball motion just with kind of the sharpness of a slider uh, and the, the power of a slider behind it. So it's, it's more of the 80, I don't know, 84-ish to 87-ish type of mile an hour. Uh, and then he's got a changeup. And what you saw yesterday was the changeup actually really looking good. There's a strike. There's a pitch of his on Twitter uh, where you can see him making a Blue Jays guy look absolutely foolish. Uh, and that was the changeup. And if Spencer's changeup is ready to be average or even like what it was showing yesterday was flashing above average to plus. Uh, if it's ready to consistently be average to above average, the ceiling for, for Spencer Strider is astronomical. I mean, I, you always worry about guys that are kind of smaller who throw that hard. Um, but Spencer knows how to make his body move efficiently. And I think that that's very important. Uh, I say it for hitters all the time. Symmetry fluidity in the swing is, is how I can tell, or at least how I used to judge whether a guy knows what he's doing in the batter's box. It's the same thing for pitchers. Uh, when, when the motion is fluid, when nothing is fighting itself, when, when it's all smooth and, and symmetrical, then you can generally tell that it's a guy that who understands his body very well and understands how his body moves and, and is able to lessen some of the impacts and some of the torques on his joints. So I'm not going to say that Spencer Strider is going to be, you know, Max Scherzer throwing premium until he's 38, 39, but I don't have the same worries with him, uh, at least from a, from a durability standpoint. Now, maybe I should, maybe that's just me being naive because he did have a significant injury in high school. I had Tommy John, um, but Tommy John's not a death knell anymore. Tommy John is pretty standard. Uh, it's, it's one of those things kind of like ACL surgeries where it's, it's, come such a long way and it's so common in baseball now that everybody kind of knows how to treat it I, I, i'd be much more worried about back injuries and shoulder injuries especially for pitchers than i would uh, a, an elbow uh, we've seen pretty consistently when if your elbow goes it, it takes about a year maybe a little bit more to get your stuff and your command back but after that you're generally going to be right back to normal um and with strider he hasn't shown anything in his short pro career to be worried about uh, any sort of injuries. But what you're seeing with, with him is, is the Braves are clearly thinking of him as a starter right now. He does have, I talked about it on Thursday, he's got that, pr that premium type of stuff to be a, a, a high-end, back-end piece. But the Braves are still viewing him as a starter, which they should. Until he shows you that he's not a starter, you should treat him as such. Because if he can, if he can blow up and be that kind of boom type of pick that his stuff always indicated that he could be, if he can reach that type of potential, it's kind of like Waskar Anoa. If they can be, you know, if, if, if they're guys that you kind of thought were going to be bullpen pieces and they show you, Tucker Davidson's another prime example, and they show you that, nope, actually I'm a starter, that is a far more valuable piece than a bullpen guy. And if you tell me that Spencer Strider is going to be throwing 100, have a, a plus to double plus slider, and have an above average to plus changeup, you're talking about a guy that that's 
basically that that's the same level of guy that you're looking at with like Max and Ian and Charlie Morton. That's premium top of the rotation guy. That's not even that's not even to mention Mike Soroka's name, who we don't really know how Mike's going to look when he comes back. I'm not going to bet against Mike Soroka, uh, even if his velo drops down a few miles per hour, which if he loses explosion with uh, a double ruptured Achilles, then yeah, he might lose a little bit of explosion, might lose a little bit of velocity. But Mike's a guy that when he was really showing out in the minors was only throwing 92 anyway. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't clocking consistent 95, 96, 97 until he was up in the big leagues. So Mike has that added ability of already knowing how to pitch with lower velocity. There was a heavy sinker to where he's more of a ground ball guy than a strikeout guy anyway. I don't think that would hurt him too much. Um, but with Spencer Strider, he's a guy that if, if he can just learn to keep refining his command uh, to where when he, when he does give up contact, it's not screaming contact. And this is the same thing that Waskar Noah needs to learn. Um, Spencer Strider gets tons and tons of whiffs, like I mentioned, but you know, with that, with that premium velocity also comes premium exit velocity if hitters are barreling it up. So that's really the, that's really the mainstay. I have a lot of faith in Strider's ability to miss bats and to miss barrels. His stuff moves a ton. He's an extremely smart guy. Uh, always in the, the, always taking full advantage of everything analytical in terms of, uh, develop, developing pitch shapes and things like that. I think he's a guy that Braves fans are going to love for a number of years. Not to mention he's got maybe the best mustache in baseball. It's, it's a strong mustache. In between Strider, Kyle Muller, and Tucker Davidson, uh, all three who have, who have pitched extremely well this spring, particularly Strider and Tucker Davidson, the Braves have a really good problem on their hands, which is, you know, how do you determine, how do you pick between these six guys, between these five or six guys, I should say, between Waskar, Kyle Wright, Spencer Strider, Kyle Muller, Tucker Davidson, how do you pick between those five guys for two spots and for eventually one spot if you think Mike Soroka comes back? Um, it's a tough choice. I mean, it's, it's great for the Braves. Uh, you, you can start going by who has less options, uh, who fits the rotation profile better, who who you think has been a little bit more consistent, who knows, but you can't really make a wrong choice there. You have options, which is always what you're looking for. And it kind of leads into uh, a random topic of mine that I was kind of thinking and spitballing yesterday of, I, I'm still not entirely convinced that the Braves don't look to add another starting pitcher, whether it's now or whether it's at the deadline. Uh, and I think one of those targets, and I, I don't know how these two clubs would work. Uh, I don't know if the bad blood is too much right now, but I kind of doubt it. That would be Tony Gonsolin from the Dodgers. Um, if you're a Braves fan and you're just a Braves fan and you don't watch any other baseball, you might think that Tony Gonsolin isn't all that good because the Braves seem to hit Tony Gonsolin extremely well whenever we face him. Um, and, and the Dodgers have never seemed all that concerned about leaving him in the rotation. They've never seemed that that determined to keep him as a starter. They use him out of the bullpen a lot. And that's also a function of having some really, really good high-end arms and you know, they're going to get Dustin May back, and they have probably four or five starting pitchers in the minors who are all just ridiculously talented that haven't quite made the jump yet. And Gonsolin has shown he can play out of the pin. Uh, but when you look at his stat cast, you see his numbers. The only things that he really struggles with are his walk percentage. Not that shocking. Uh, and his chase rate, which is a little bit shocking when you see how much his stuff can move. His fastball spin is in the 81st percentile. Fastball spin... Uh, that's important for throwing your fastball up in the zone. That's that's um, the best way to explain this is a high spin fastball does not have the vertical drop 
that comes naturally to most four-seam fastballs. Uh, so when you're playing it up in the zone and you have a high spin rate fastball, essentially that's what, what's called a rising fastball, or to a hitter's eyes, they say that it looks like it's rising because it doesn't really drop because the high spin keeps it from dropping, which means hitters continually swing under it. It's why it plays so well up in the zone. Uh, and he pairs that with an absolutely electric splitter and a really good curveball as well. It's in the 71st percentile in terms of spin. He's a mid-90s guy, can run it up when he needs to, gets a, generates a ton of swing and miss. 74th percentile K rate, 75th percentile and whiff rate. Um, missing barrels could be a little bit better, but he's a guy that, that keeps the ball in the ballpark, and he's a guy that I think the Braves would love to have. I'm not so certain that the Dodgers are actively looking to deal him, but the Dodgers are, are pretty much willing to trade anybody, and, you know, you can say they're not going to make the Braves any better. They just made a trade with the Padres. It was a minor trade, but the Padres and the Dodgers have way more bad blood than the Braves and the Dodgers do. Um, so that would be somebody I would target, but even if they do, even talking about all of these starting pitchers, I don't think that those are the linchpins. I think if you're looking at the linchpin for the pitching staff this season, for all the pitching in total, and perhaps even for the team in terms of how far they can go, I think it's Colin McHugh. I think the addition of Colin McHugh allowed the Braves to not have to go crazy in terms of looking for another starting pitcher. Colin McHugh is this, guy, is, is this arm that's going to do everything this year. When they signed Kenley Jansen to that $16 million deal, they didn't just do it because Kenley was really good or because Alex was pissed that Freddie signed with the Dodgers. Um, the reason why they did it was because they couldn't find a starting pitcher that they wanted at the price point that they were looking for. There weren't really any in, in, in free agency that you would say definitively or any better than the young guys that you already have on the 40. Um, so they went out and they signed Kenley, and that was to free up Colin McHugh. When they signed Colin McHugh, Alex Anthopoulos had stated that he viewed Colin McHugh as a back-end piece, as a basically a setup guy, uh, one of the best right-handed setup guys in baseball. But Colin McHugh's a former starter and a guy that has done openings for the Rays for, for a lot of time, a guy who has started full games for a lot of time. He's been better out of the bullpen, but he was a good starter too. He's, he's got stamina. He can give you three, four innings. And he's a guy that you can piggyback with Inoa or Wright if one of them struggles early. He's a guy that can throw multiple, multiple innings, not just two inning stints like you see a lot of the Braves bullpen do, but he's a guy that you could really put in any slot in that bullpen or starting rotation and feel confident about what he's going to give you. Um, the health has always been an issue with Colin McHugh, and I do kind of look to see how that's going to play out this year. But even should that be an issue, the Braves have depth. They have depth in a way that they traditionally have not over the years. The Braves, while they've gotten to this good run, have been a very good starting unit and have lacked depth. You saw some good depth last year, but still not really on par with guys like the Dodgers uh, or any of these, these kind of big market power teams that have been power teams for a while. Now you're starting to see the Braves adding pieces that can, that can be genuine starting, pit, uh, starting pieces uh, that have just been kind of relegated to the bench. And that's the mark of when you're a great team. That's when players want to play for you, and that's when you're doing enough things to where Maybe players don't mind coming off of the bench all that much. They might pass up a platoon opportunity somewhere else to be part of a winning ball club. Uh, Eddie Rosario, when he re-signed with the Braves, talked about the reason why he wanted to come back to the Braves. Braves won the World Series. They're the best team in baseball. He wants to play for a winner. Uh, that, that's, a, that's a very common sentiment in baseball, especially among the, the non-super elite players. The guys that are looking to, to have a lot of fun and to win games, you know, the Braves are going to be one of those destinations. Now you tell me that the Braves are a $200 million payroll team? This is a team that right now is going to be the premier destination for free agents. I'm going to tell you right now. Everybody's going to want to play with Ronald Acuna Jr. and Ozzie Albies. Uh, that, that, is, that is what this team is going to be. And for, for Atlanta fans in general, not even just Braves fans, that is such a different 
<laughs> that's such a different mood from what we've been at least through my entire lifetime and i was born in 1991 uh you always you would always hear players talk about how excited they were to come to atlanta after they'd already come here but now we're going to be one of those destinations where everybody's actively looking to come here this is going to be phenomenal i cannot wait for opening day uh you get to start with that seven day game uh, that seven game homestand uh so if you're looking to get out to the park go early uh, get out there and, and, and show the front office and show Liberty Media uh, how much we represent our Braves, guys. Let's sell out all these games, sell out every game, quite frankly, uh, and let's keep that money coming in. The more money that we have coming in, the more money they're going to be give, uh, they're going to be giving us back, and, and the more the payroll is going to keep going up for the Atlanta Braves. So, I think that this is a team. I'm going to go ahead and say it now. I think this is a deep playoff team. I would say World Series, but I don't like to I don't like to say that this early on. I'll just say this is a team that I'm expecting to go to the NLCS this year. This is a team that I'm expecting to make a deep, deep run. I genuinely would not be surprised if this is a 100-win team this year. Um, they're, they're, they're that talented. They've got depth everywhere. Uh, you lose Freddie Freeman, and, and you're probably going to get better on the field at first base. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just absolutely incredible. Then once you get Ronald Acuna Jr. back, it's over for the rest of the league. Uh, I cannot wait to see it. I know you can't either. Also, heads up to everybody, with the... Uh, with the regular season opening next Thursday, the 7th, I am actually going to be on 680 The Fan from 6 to 8 with Kevin McAlpin, Wiley Ballard, and uh, who else do we have going with us? Uh, Dan Matthews for a couple days as well. Getting ready. Uh, what would be the normal audio fun bag slot, the, uh, the 6 to 8 p.m. time slots. Getting you guys ready and prepped for Braves baseball, doing like a little a little opening day preview and having a lot of baseball talk with some really genuine guys. So make sure you're tuning into that on 680 Fan or the app, uh, which is fantastic if you don't like to be chained to a radio. But for the 643 podcast, I've got some other news that I'm probably going to wait until next week to really announce for you guys. Um, but it's going to be very, very exciting. Uh, big things coming for the 643 podcast. And for yours truly, thanks to you guys who have been amazing hitting downloads super early on this show can't believe how awesome you guys are really really appreciate it and look forward to bringing you um more braves content for the foreseeable future thank you guys so much hopefully you enjoyed today's episode we'll be back on thursday here on the 643 podcast That's all, folks. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Camp Margaritaville RV Resort, where you can just breathe in and breathe out. <sighs> or move. There's biking, boating, arcade games, hiking, nearby golfing. Or fly through the new Fins Up Water Park. Thrills, chills, twists, and turns. This could be you. Camp Margaritaville at Lanier Islands. An easy one-hour drive from Atlanta. Book your stay today at CampMargaritavilleLanierIslands.com. 
When you buy a used car, don't be taken for a ride. Get Ford Blue Advantage certified at Wade Ford, Atlanta's headquarters for factory certified pre-owned vehicles. Go to wadeford.com. There you'll find a great selection of Ford Blue Advantage certified used cars, trucks, and SUVs. With Blue certified, nearly all makes and all models are in stock now. You'll find something perfect for just about any budget. Buy with confidence at the Wade Ford factory certified used car outlet at wadeford.com. Wade Ford, we are Atlanta's Ford dealer.